That's right, folks. It's time for the Nerdy Point of View podcast, where we explore the nerdier side of life via random topics that we come up with and discuss for your entertainment. I am one of your hosts, the literal worst, Brian Penaloza. With me today is the pun master herself, Carrie Penaloza. Hello, everybody. And of course, we have the villain of the show, Martin Franklin. Hello. How are we all doing? I'd like to think we're all doing well. I'm doing okay. How are you guys doing? I'm doing fantastic. Well, I'm I'm screaming internally as always, but you know, <laughs> on the outside. Oh uh, God. Uh, you know, speaking of villains, is the good way to jump into our first topic. Because I know Martin, you've got some stuff to say about villainy. I do. I do. Uh, you know, I've been away for a little while for first real kind of episode back last week, obviously, and I just, you know. I feel that the signs, I just feel like I want to, you know, renounce my villainy, as it were. Um, we were talking about this a little bit. I'm going to take off the pencil mustache. I'm going to hang up my cloak and top hat. Um, but it did get me thinking about what villains, you know, are still going to this day. What villains have made a lasting image in our minds? Which ones are your favorite from all kinds of media, from video games, from... I mean, not so much, obviously, like, musically, really. Uh, unless there is a musical that has a villain. I didn't even think about that. That would be fun. Galavant. Um, most of mine come from TV and movie, obviously, being younger. But, yeah, just if you have, like, a really favorite villain. Um, So, first, I want to I wanna focus a little bit, because I have a question about you hanging up your, your villainous cloak. Yes. Is it because the price of rope has gone through the roof lately? <laughs> is it a financial thing, or is it... Is it like a change in personality? Do you just no longer want to be a villain? Is as tying damsels to train tracks just lost its allure for you? It's um much like the rope that I used to tie them with. My patience with villainy has frayed, and <laughs> I, um, you know, it's just at it. It's just not me anymore. You know, I just I look in the mirror and I just I think, how many people can I see run over by a train? You know, it's lost its luster. Um, no one pays the ransoms anymore. So all I'm doing is wasting my own time. Um, but I just think personality-wise, you know, I want to be more upbeat. I want to be more positive. And we're going to see where that goes. Um, you know, I'm not going to go saving the world or anything. But I might... Not, create... not going that far. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I might cause people mild inconveniences now and then still. But, <laughs> um, just, yeah, I, I would say so. I think being away and, you know, staying in a place where I love my country and I definitely poke fun at it. But I live in a place where people don't necessarily always smile at each other. And then I went for two months to a place where people would in the streets. And I'm like, oh, what is this warm feeling I'm, I feel within? <laughs> my heart. It's, I wish to spread that a bit more. And the Brit's heart grew two sizes that day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and thankfully, the NHS supports me. As I go through this journey of, you know, coming to terms with my brand new double-sized heart. So, <laughs> what medical complications would that have brought the Grinch? I've always wondered that, you know. That's a really good... Can we dive into... Can that be the topic? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the heart what health of the Grinch. issues would have developed? Because <laughs> I feel like that has some serious consequences on a body. But I mean, he is a, he is a villain, so I mean, it kind of fits the topic. This is true, actually. He is, and actually, he's not a bad thingy because part of the reason this came up was because we live in an age of like um, understandable villains. 
before villains used to be nefarious and they used to just do bad stuff and it's you know, I, I watch a lot of wrestling and stuff nowadays, and even yeah. in that, it used to be the same. The bad guys were the bad guys, the good guys were the good guys, and it's not really like that anymore, you know. Thanos has questionable ways, but is he going for a harmonious thing? The villain in Black Panther, for example, most of the time during that film, you're like, is he really the bad guy, though? <laughs> He's just <a> misguided, <laughs> maybe, but is he the bad guy? I don't think so. Um, I mean, Marvel are great at doing complicated villains, oh. but the Grinch is definitely one. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of liken your transformation a little bit to the Grinch's, if you think about it. Mm. Because, you know, the <laughs> Grinch had his reasons, you know, for being the way he was. But then he saw a new way. And yes. he experienced this love that he never experienced. And then all of a sudden, he was like, you know what? I'm done being a villain. I am hanging up my my sled and the little, the little horn I put on my dog. I'm going to mm -hmm. hang that right up, too. And I'm going to yep. join a community of love. And we welcome Absolutely. you, Martin, to this Thank community. Thank you so well. much. Well, before you do that, could you like come to our place and remove all the Christmas decorations from here? For us? <laughs> also, can I be your Cindy Lou Who? <laughs> yes, no question. First of all, that, that's fine. Yeah, I'll come like creep around the house at the dead of night with a baseball bat smashing all the Christmas decorations. That'd be my <laughs> Grinch, like. Um... Yeah, ironically, though, Christmas is one of my favorite holidays, so that's the one thing me and the Grinch don't have in common. But otherwise, now you say it, the story arcs are very similar. So. <laughs> uh, I spent a lot of time arguing to myself in a cave as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> Just fed up of my echo at this point, that's why I'm coming out. Oh my god. Uh, so as far as villains go, Carrie, do you have a villain? <laughs> oh, I definitely have a villain because I was actually talking to Brian about this the night before. And I got talking about the game for PlayStation 1 called Chrono Cross. Oh, I, I know the name, but I never played it. It is so good. I really got into that game. And one of the main villains, or the Wait. main villain, before you say any of this, even though it's a fucking 30-year-old game or whatever, <laughs> spoiler alerts. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, in case. There's definitely yeah. some spoiler alerts here. Oh, man. What was it called? Chrono Cross? That was the next thing on my to playlist. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm never listening again. Oh. Well, you know what? Just mute us for about like the next <laughs> 5 to 20 minutes, you know. You know, so just turn won't. off the episode, burn your cell phone. Just <laughs> yeah. Never listen again. Run to the hills. Yeah. <laughs> But with that warning said, and I'm not gonna like tell you the end game or anything like that. This literally happens in the mainly because you the don't game. know it. Shut up! <laughs> I was like traumatized by this. This is why like I'm bringing him up, villain. <laughs> not traumatized, but I was. I've never been angrier at a villain before. Like I was so fucking mad. The main villain is this character named Lynx. And fittingly, he is, he looks very uh, feline, like a link. He looks like a lynx on two feet. Very creative yeah. back in the day of RPG yeah. development. Yeah, well, there's a reason for this. I found out. I spoiled something for myself while uh, researching some names to make sure I got them all right here. Womp womp. Yeah, yeah, but I won't spoil them for you guys because apparently this is more endgame stuff. But um, so links, you. you go through like half the game trying to like find him destroy him a um, bunch of other little plot hooks along the way. Peter would and not be okay with this. <laughs> <laughs> Peter can go 
Anyways, uh, so you finally come across links. And I was just kind of like, wow, this was really quick to be like an end game kind of thing. And I was like, hmm, all right, you know, let's just do this big boss battle here. And you fight him. And then it comes to this point where, like, this has been a long time since I've played this. So, like, I can't exactly in detail what happens. But you end up switching bodies with him. And he's, like, the main character, uh, Surge, he's standing there and Lynx is in the body and you're in Lynx's body and you're on the ground kind of been like, what the fuck is going on? You're really weakened by what just happened. Lynx is obviously a very much more powerful character, so he's on his feet, kind of still a little out of it, but then he gets this like evil smirk on his face. And then one of the uh, characters named Kid, she's kind of like the female, I suppose, could be love interest in the game uh she's like one of the first ones that you come across that joins your party you know you've established this relationship with her and of course she sees links on the ground as you and then sarge or surge and she kind of goes running up to surge been like kind of like are you okay kind of thing and surge kind of slowly approaches and you're kind of trying to tell her to get away but of course she's not going right. to fucking listen to you as links and then Lynx and Surge's body finishes the distance between or diminishes the distance between them and just stabs her in the stomach. And Oof. she has no idea what's going on. She just thinks that like one of her closest friends just fucking betrayed her and stabbed her and you're just still on the ground completely helpless to do anything and she just falls over and you end up blacking out after this. So then the rest of the half the game, I don't know for how long you're in Lynx's body. Really? That's super and, interesting. Oh, it was crazy because now everybody is reacting to you as mm -hmm. this villain, you know, this horrible person. So, you know, friends that you came across, they want to kill you. They, you know, they are not happy to see you at all. And you're like, no, I'm Sarge. And they're like, fuck you. No, you're not. <laughs> this is a trick. And it's just heartbreaking, heartbreaking to just refine all your friends again because you're trying to find out is kid alive did she survive or is she dead and i just remember like just going through heartbreak you know just trying to figure this out and it it was almost so real to me back then i'm like oh my god if she died because of me and i was just mm -hmm. like yeah, lynx needs to die but he's in my body so that's gonna be <laughs> fucking weird but yeah it, it it's that it just really got to me, and I think that's why he stands out as one of my favorite villains in the game. Not favorite as in like, oh, I love him, but yeah, just yeah. I hate him and... so much. Yeah, yeah. So that was definitely one of mine. And I also have to give props to Billy Russo in season two of Punisher. I've not seen that. Is that? Oh, is it really good? oh, it is good. I won't give spoilers because this is fairly new. Um, but I will just say the acting he did in that, like the actor, props. Huge props really? to him. It was really, really good. And if you guys haven't watched it yet, definitely get there Dude. and watch it because you're missing okay. out on a really cool villain kind of, not plot twist, but a character twist, you could call it. And it's just really cool. Yeah. 
Ben Barnes. That's the, the actor. Ah, thank you. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. Golf clap worthy. <laughs> I think that's what villains do it for. I know I used to love a uh, appreciate a golf clap at the end of my work. <laughs> <laughs> the, like the train finishes running over the damsel, and there's just somebody on the on the uh, overlook just <laughs> on the other side. Yeah, I wasn't subtle about it. I used to do the shit at stations, so you know. <laughs> So you're the reason why the trains are always late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My bad. But yeah, those are cool. Like, definitely the first one's out of left field. Like, it gives me kind of Sephiroth vibes. Not like the, the body switching, but like the whole murdering, like, someone close to you thing. Yeah, yeah. The stabby Sorry. stabby. Spoiler alert for Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Wait, it's not a spoiler. You didn't say who he stabbed. Oh, no, I didn't say who. I didn't yeah. tell you that it was... Aerith, <laughs> because I'm an asshole. <laughs> oh, I need to question. Um, what's her name to you? Aerith. Aerith, okay. Aerith. So, right, because it's the thing. There's two. Aerith I know, it's Aerith. weird. Yeah. It's yeah. a... I think Aerith yeah. sounds better, but it is spelled yeah. like Aerith. So... Aerith. And let's face it, no matter how you say it, there's going to be some dickwad that looks at you and be like, you're wrong. Actually, it's not that. It's, uh... <laughs> it's A-R-F. Actually, if you look into the canon of the series. <laughs> Her name was Becky. <laughs> <laughs> not even Rebecca. If She was just born a Becky. Yeah. Becky. With an I. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. Oh. All of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? The sword in the stomach was probably the best thing that could have happened to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that scene where like he lets her go in the water and she just kind of mm. drifts down and I remember thinking in my naive child mindset where I was just like we'll bring her back you know? it's Final Fantasy, right? Yeah. so you use Phoenix down, you bring yeah, her back? yeah, exactly, why not? not that anymore. See, we do it all the time in fucking battle why can't we do it now? in my naive uh, fantasy I, I was like corpses float <laughs> <laughs> She yeah. was alive as he dropped her. She's just kind of like, eh. Yeah, but she was on her back, and, and you just kind of naturally float when you're on your back. I mean, maybe That's they'll true. fix that. They are they are remaking it. So <laughs> the reboot, the her remake, body just floats Aerith like an old turd. <laughs> and awkwardly just, like, bump into the shoreline or something. Sephiroth's so, so just, like, trying to push her down under the water. He takes his, like, instinct. Just, like, when you keep flushing it, it doesn't go away. Yeah. <laughs> it's just awkward he just got the fucking hilt of the sword he's just like just shoving it into her fucking stomach just go just go oh, like reverse plunging I'm gonna come in and I'm just gonna say like yeah I kinda had an heiress poop it just wouldn't go down <laughs> <laughs> I just took a massive heiress yeah. oh my god <laughs> no matter how many times I of people who are already emotionally traumatized enough <laughs> by that scene in Final Fantasy 7 now forever tainted with the additional you're welcome we do we do a service we do a service here. Yeah. we're doing God's work yeah <laughs> um, but anyway um, what about you Brian like do you have yeah so my villain's not really a villain not one villain per se okay but a villainous corporation oh um. and I I think you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> it just, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, the Umbrella Corporation, mm -hmm. yes. which to me has always been one of the most fantastic villainous entities and fascinating uh, in video game history. 
a lot of what they do makes no fucking sense. <laughs> right? I mean, Genuinely. if we're being honest, like a lot of their reasonings for doing the things that they do and a lot of their justification for the things that they do mm-hmm. makes no fucking sense. You're like, why would they do that? But yeah, this is why I think that they're my they're my favorite. I thought about it one day. And the idea of a pharmaceutical company that has their fingers in every aspect of your life, right? They don't just do pharmaceuticals. They don't just do face creams and shit like that. They do technology. They do everything. They have invaded every small aspect of your life, right? And the idea that that company is probably making bioweapons for the government Mm -hmm. kind of is not that big a stretch. No, definitely not. So you think about... Like Amazon literally has their fingers in fucking everything, right? Would it not would it would it shock you completely if one day there was a zombie outbreak and they're wearing fucking Amazon coveralls? Yeah. They've got like the prime logo on the Yeah. yeah. It's just so fucking walking around with jumpsuits with a big fucking smile on the back. <laughs> um, no, definitely like, that's the thing. Like it's so like a thing you can imagine. Especially now. Like back then it was a bit more far fetched, but but was like it? Now, I mean, I mean you still had big companies out. like Tylenol, or you know, the makers of Tylenol, whoever Bayer, I don't, Bayer true. does aspirin. There's like three companies that make like all the all like the home like household items. You know, it's like, and we know that the government has always had an interest in new weapons that no one else has, and you would imagine bioweaponry being one of those things, and like. The nuts and bolts of a zombie virus, sure, that part is kind of far-fetched. But the idea of a company experimenting on human subjects and animal subjects to create some sort of controllable bioweapon is not really all that far-fetched at all. And the idea of something like that going terribly, terribly wrong, not that far-fetched. The idea of a government cover-up, not that (laughs) far-fetched. No. You know? So that's why they've waited. Because, I mean, I believe... When did the first one come out, like 90, 1996, something like that? Yeah, it was pretty, it was, you know, mid, it must have been mid to late 90s, right? So. Yeah, because I think the game took place in 1998, but it came out in 1996. I could okay. be wrong. Uh, I'm a little fuzzy on my game history. I think uh, two might have been 98. That might have been. So the first one must have been a couple years before, right? So. Yeah. But anyway, even from back then, it's just like the idea that like in the foothills of fucking Santee where I grew up, there could be a big mountainous base underground where Tylenol is working right. on horrible bioweapons. Again, just didn't seem that far-fetched. And just the idea of a big sprawling company, again, kind of like Amazon, just with their fingers in everything and the amount of shit they can get away with and the amount of shit that they would be entrusted with by certain government agencies to do for them and the mm-hmm. contracts and stuff like that. That's what makes the Umbrella Corporation so interesting to me. Definitely. You know who had a missed opportunity for this? <clears throat> Christie's Bits and Bites. What more perfect thing for a zombie outbreak to come out? I mean, they're, they're bits, and they bite. I'm not dignifying that with a response. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have those over there, Martin? Uh, no, I have no idea what oh, these are. They're so good. It's like a mix of like pretzel bits and bites like flavored yeah like flavors <laughs> uh cheeto or cheerios shreddy oh. pretzels and stuff like that uh and, but you know they have different flavors like the salted original nacho cheese barbecue etc cetera, etc cetera. 
But and the other... I mean, it sounds amazing. But yeah, again, like that's pretty. That would be a pretty appropriate branding. Um, it would, except they're making snack foods. They're not making bioweapons. I can fucking guarantee you. You never know. <laughs> no, you you know. I mean, you don't know what Christie has his hands in. So like. <laughs> You know, if it turned out that Amazon, for example, were like the company behind, you know, those companies that have appeared that do like your, the, you send like a vial of your spit away and it sends back all your genetics and stuff. Mm. And they're like, right, we'll do that. And now we have genetic trackers for everyone who does this. So suddenly bioweapons like tailored to specific people are possible. And mm-hmm. Like that wouldn't be too, I mean, I'm, I'm with it. I'm on. I think it's happening. <laughs> the truth is out there. No, <laughs> Another missed opportunity. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> you for like Ancestry.com, right? Yeah. But you want to see if you're related. You know, maybe this is more for like kind of the small towns like Brockville and the southern states. But uh, mm-hmm. you want to know if you're related to your spouse. And it's called Ancestry.com. <laughs> you know, that's already a thing. What? <laughs> yeah. So up until, I don't know, maybe like 20 years ago, 15 years ago, something. Uh, in the state of California, you had to have a blood test to get a marriage license. Oh, and the blood cool. test was to determine if you were related. Was it called Ancestry.com? Because if not, they're really missing out. <laughs> no, it's a government-mandated thing. It's not a company and, that does and it. And I thought you were going with, like, Ancestry.com, we're going to, like, send the zombies to bite you to, like, get your flesh sample or something. Like, I thought you were going down that line. The incest bit, really. <laughs> like, that was Someone's really been thinking about Game of Thrones lately. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, had the oh, had the watch Game of Thrones zombies? I mean, yeah, yeah, the White Walkers, which well, yeah. Oh, yeah, seems kind of racist like when you think about it. <laughs> like, are you saying that white, white people can only walk? I thought it was. Isn't it? Is it literally W H I T E, not W I G H T? I have no idea to be honest, yeah. but I know how it sounds. And it sounds racist. <laughs> I know how I'm interpreting it. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, no, it's W-H-I-T-E. Really? I guess because yeah. they're like covered in snow. Right? So now so. it's like super racist. Because they're not even white, they're blue. Yeah, really? Yeah. They should be called blue walkers. The cyan walkers. Well, Skywalkers. Like blue people <laughs> putting white face on, you know, that's really racist. <laughs> They should have been the Blue Man Group. I don't think that they need to take <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. But then it's sexist, actually. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, because some of those those White Walkers are women. Exactly. Equality all. Let's face it. The White Walkers are offensive to literally everyone. Yeah. Get that show off air now. Yep. Mm. I'm petitioning. <laughs> no, Pull their sponsors. I need results. And but hey, sponsors. cheaper option than abortion, guys. Just saying. Oh, know. dropping the baby off to the White yeah. Walkers. Oh, right. I was, really, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, where's she going with this? Yeah. And then I remembered. Yep. It's a lot more commitment, though, isn't it? So, I mean, not really. You just kind of chuck a baby into the snow like an old football, and the White Walkers yeah, I mean, going to pick go it up. you through the entire process to get oh. to that stage, haven't you? Like, yeah, but I mean, I guess that's safer for the mom than like old timey abortion would have been. Oh God, yeah. True. True. <laughs> <laughs> the real villain is the derailing this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I think oh. Carrie should be the villain of the show now. <laughs> what? We're talking about a perfectly oh my humble, God. wonderful conversation about, you know, corporate like murder and she has to bring <laughs> yeah, incest so and abortion into it. 
Are we going to do what your villain did? Are we going to swap roles and no one's going to know which is the real... I'm going to be making the puns and you're going to be... Oh. I didn't kill people. Just put that on the record. I just put them in situations where they had to save themselves. And And many of them didn't successfully do so. Yeah, and that's on them. So, (laughs) you know... (laughs) I love... I love that justification. I've never killed a single person. I just put them in positions to be killed. <laughs> to yeah, <laughs> anything that happened after that is not, it's not mine. Oh my God, you're like Jigsaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I know when to give up. Unlike the makers of the Saw franchise, who will drive that thing so far into the ground. Oh, you mean seven wasn't too time. many? Sorry. You mean seven wasn't too many? <laughs> I mean, was like three was probably too many, right? <laughs> it's a horror franchise, and they do tend to be the exceptions um, to the the limit your films rule. Once Saw goes to space, then we know they've jumped the shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be what like Jigsaw versus Freddy versus Jason in, in space. space. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the one with a, a cameo by Leatherface. <laughs> yeah, he's just there. He's hanging out. <clears throat> He's got a space chainsaw. It's like it's like a laser chainsaw. <laughs> Amazing. This makes That's... me think of that card game. What the hell is it called? Oh, Super Fight? Yeah. Super Fight. So good. I got yeah. that when I was in America and we were playing it. That is Such really fun. We, we have it on Tabletop Simulator, so uh, we, yeah. we can all play that sometime. My uh, Actually, I had different villains, but my favorite villain of all time is the one I created in Super Fight, which was Donald Trump with a sadness ray and laser nipples. Um, <laughs> that's probably my favorite villain of all time. The sadness ray is basically just his phone with Twitter installed. Um, <laughs> the laser nipples, I can neither confirm nor deny, but I wouldn't be surprised at this point if that was a real one. Um I just, I just picture him with a fucking, uh, uh, what are they called? The little pasties, and just when he, when he's, in, they're like pasties on a hinge though, and when he gets mad, he just raises his shirt, and the pasties go flip, and he just oh, aims his nipples at people who anger him. Kind of like the yeah. fembots in Austin Powers. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So what would your other favorite villain be besides <laughs> Donald Trump with a sadness ray and laser I don't know. My, I mean, most of mine are video game based. Um, I was thinking about this actually a little bit. And, and I remember being young um, and like characters like Shere Khan in the Jungle Book were like terrifying, like at the time when you're younger. Um, mm-hmm. But growing older, I think villains, honestly, like um, probably like GLaDOS, something like that. Um, I also think... And I can't remember his name now, which is really annoying me. Andrew Ryan from Bioshock. He's one of my favorites. Oh, right. Um, oh, what is his name? I think it's Andrew Ryan, right? I think it is. Um, I can't because there's like two characters kind of associated. <laughs> and I'm not sure which one is the one I'm thinking of. But um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, Andrew Ryan. Here we go. It's just something about like because Bioshock and uh, Portal are both two of my favorite like IPs of all time, and there's something about both those villains that is just so interesting. I don't really think Andrew Ryan really has like moral ground necessarily, but the whole premise of Bioshock like Rapture could have been an amazing place, and it probably still would have gone to the shitter. However, 
put Andrew Ryan in there and just the sheer like force of his will put him at the top of that food chain and you know kind of destroyed whatever it could have been well he um, created rapture if i recall right like, yeah he was it, the driving force behind it got it all created and it's one of those things whether like whether if, if he hadn't made it if someone else would whether it could have worked but with him at the helm just never gonna work i don't think um and i think you only meet him once throughout I think the entire so. game i think he talks to you on the radio a couple times but aside from yeah. that and that's just an amazing thing. Whereas Gados is the opposite, always talking to you. She's the best. But yeah. And shout out to Wheatley in the second one. Yeah, Wheatley. Oh, Wheatley's great. He this because he's he's a villain kind of through he's one of those people that like, you know, too much power goes to your head. <laughs> like that's yeah. definitely his vibe. But um Yeah, it's I think just like morally questionable things, because GLaDOS is interesting because it's an AI, so morals don't really apply. Um we have our own perception, but Gados does everything that actually is right by what Gados was meant to do, in a way. Like, technically not doing anything wrong as far as the coding was done. Um, you know, rather They coded a fuck ton of snark into her, though. Oh, yeah. How does that even happen? Like, <laughs> well, I. I won't spoil. We won't. We'll avoid spoilers. We've already done so many today, but there are, <laughs> there are some reasons why, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's. I think that. I think that's definitely my my kind of vibe just those those overarching villains in in some of my favorite video games sure it's it's funny because we have such different like all three of us have such different conceptions of like our favorite villains Mm -hmm. you know carrie's is is pretty cut and dry this guy's an evil motherfucker who does a really fucked up thing and you hate him so much that he's your favorite then there's me who like the umbrella corporation this overarching could be a real thing yeah company That is not a single entity, but this this multiple entities. And then there's yours with these these morally questionable people who, in their own minds, are are not really villains. You know, they're just yeah. kind of doing their thing. Absolutely, Andrew Ryan would be, I think, appalled to find out people thought of him as a villain. Like, yeah, in fact, in his mind, you're the villain, getting in his way. Yeah, and actually acting out against him because, like, as far as you're, he's concerned you're a tool. I think during it, not in like the that guy's a tool, but in, like. <laughs> Like a literal tool. Hmm. And that makes a lot of sense because, like, Bloodborne is. I don't know if either of you have played Bloodborne. A little bit. No. Not a whole lot. There's a lot about that game that it's hard to know quite what the right side is <laughs> in that game. Um, I wanted to pick a villain out of that when I was thinking of this. That was my first thought. It's like, oh, obviously, Bloodborne, my favorite game of all time. And I'm like, I don't really know who the bad guys are. <laughs> like, I know that there's these horrible freakish monsters but they're not really villains but yeah but you know and maybe one day i'll pick up my cloak again and i can i can take our our ideas of villains and learn something from them and come back as a like some kind of mega villain you know we already have the mega villain and it's it's somebody that is so heinous that none of us saw fit to mention but i think we all know in our hearts who the true villain is and that's waluigi wow yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> I thought you were about to oh. say Martin. No, no, no. Waluigi, the ultimate villain. Waluigi is the ultimate. That's why they couldn't put him in Smash. It would be like including One Punch Man. He's too strong. Yeah. Like, He's know? a force of fucking nature. Mm-hmm. Wherever he shows up, despair reigns. So Everyone just think about that for a moment. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, these are the kinds of conversations that we used to have around the table when we played uh, D&D in person. Mm. Uh, which reminds me, Carrie, you have a topic. I do indeed. Nice segue as usual. I'm but getting better. Uh, but uh, with playing D&D online that a lot of us do, uh, I'm just curious, what are some things that you miss about playing in person around a table versus streaming it online with others? Do you want to start with this one, Martin? Because I know you kind of have a unique perspective, having not really gotten the opportunity to do that before. Yeah, because mine's more of like, uh, what things do I think I'm missing? Because most of my tabletop experience is online. Um, I started playing like, might be like up to four years ago now and all of it's been through like discord or skype or tabletop sim roll 20 fantasy grounds like all of this i think i've only sat around a table and played once um and i've dm'd twice in the same room and even then we were all on like sofas and comfy chairs and stuff so it was like weird um for me it's the whole like especially being primarily a dm you know turning up with my prep and people coming in with stuff you know and you all have a drink around a table or you've got snacks you've got a bit of food going and you know you have toilet breaks and people because you have those toilet breaks and those moments i think that's in my opinion what i perceive to be where people get stuff out of their systems you know you go like all right every 30 minutes we'll just check in with everyone and see how you're doing blah 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 whereas online i think people are more inclined to maybe also have like twitter open or you know i know from my experience it's been difficult sometimes because you're like I don't want to tell you to not have stuff, but come on, while we're playing, can we be engaged? Like, um, and it's it's hard. I mean, you even if you're on video, and I've played a lot of games without video, it's hard to know when someone else is going to talk as well. And so I think that thing around being a table is just natural cues from people. Like as a DM, it's really interesting or important to make sure that everyone gets their opportunity. And I think it's harder to tell whether someone is trying to and not getting a chance online than it is in person because you can see all those cues from them you know maybe they make like they're gonna talk and i don't know but yeah i think really it's all about that interaction um and then just having a chat before and after and just sitting around and laughing about it uh however not having to travel anywhere is amazing so <laughs> just having everything yeah. you need around you all the time i definitely do not bemoan my experience but yeah i don't know if that is kind of what you're looking for but i think yeah yeah that that's sort of what for me is is the main difference yeah i mean i started playing D D uh at a table with friends that's how i got into it i don't know three years ago i time is meaningless to me anymore uh if i'm being completely honest um but you know that's where i first fell in love with the game and this that the other thing whatever reason those games went away not really going to get into that but they did and now it's it's only online, which is fun. It's great. You know, uh, I have a great time DMing for the groups that I DM for. But I think the thing that's lost in translation is kind of a lot of the things you mentioned, Martin, where, you know, you show up, you guys, you know, everybody has a drink together. You know, you got the fucking snack foods all around. You're leaning back in a fucking couch or in a chair or something like that. You have your paper character sheets in front of you. There's a stack of books for reference for people. Um, everybody's in the same room and the energy is definitely different when you're in person. Uh, not to say that the energy online is bad by any stretch or can't mm -hmm. be just as effective, but it's just a different kind of energy when you're in person than there is when you're not. Yeah, for sure. 
No, I definitely agree. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, uh... Like, first off, yeah, foremost, not knocking down streaming online. Like, I absolutely love it. I love the people that I stream with, and I have a lot of fun. You know, I still have great energy with them. But there's sometimes that I do miss that in-person experience because you can have these physical interactions between each other that you can't do online. You know, mm -hmm. like your characters can interact with each other, they sling your arm around somebody's shoulder, and it, it, you can explain it, you know, verbally when you do it online, but sometimes you kind of get more into it when you're sitting there in person. And I absolutely miss and love the sessions before you start a campaign where you all bring your books together, you're yes. all sitting down, note-taking, exchanging ideas, you got, you know, two liter bottles of pop surrounding everywhere, snacks and everything like that. And like it's, it's that experience I think I miss the most with a lot of kind of everything turning digital. I find we're kind of missing out on that a little bit more. That, yeah, that's something that I hadn't even like considered, like session zero things, 100 percent. Yeah. Um, because that's such an important part of the game as well. I, I I think a lot of us do use, but online, that's it's almost hard to get people to do that online as well. Because they're like, well, if we're not going to play, I don't want to set the time aside unless we're going to play. And you're like, well, this is kind of important. We need to do this. And mm -hmm. it's part of setting the scene. Well, it's difficult to have those side conversations that tend to happen when you're doing a session zero. Yeah. So if mm -hmm. the DM is working one on with one with one person, everyone else can't really have a conversation while they yeah. wait because it all sounds the same. It's all the same uh, vo mm -hmm. vocal level. So you can't really distinguish the difference. And it just sounds like everybody talking all at once. So mm -hmm. it's just it's different. But yeah. I think to Carrie's point about servers with each other and like <laughs> leaving <laughs> yeah. and coming back and like, are you done yet? Oh, no. OK, bye. Yeah. yeah. Um, to Carrie's other point, though, about the like the physical interaction, um, there's two standout moments that I remember. One is a DM and one is a player in person that you just can't convey online. And the first one was I was role playing as one of my character's uh, fathers in a vision that he was having. And I got so into the character that I stood up, leaned over my screen and wasn't quite in his face, but closed the distance to a level where I knew we would both be comfortable, but at the same time was kind of more intimidating and was giving the monologue that was written for this this character in this moment. And when it was done, I looked around the room and everybody's jaws were just dropped and they were like, wow, like. That's a moment that I'll never forget because I never seen somebody get, get so into it. And we still talk about that moment. That was, you know, kind of a crazy like, wow, like we all were just so enraptured in that moment because, I, you know, we were all physically there together. And the other was uh, one of my characters was giving a speech off the top of my head and nothing rewritten. It just kind of was kind of what was happening. Uh, we were trying to rally everybody and I got up at the table slammed my fist down and began pacing back and forth behind everybody and arms moving and giving this speech. And when it was done, I sat back down and it was just, it's things like that that you can do and give like, you know, when you get super into it, you can really get super into it that you can't really do when you're on a camera sitting, you know, behind a desk or, you know, even if you're not using a camera and you're not um, streaming it or whatever um, that people you, you can't see it. It just can't feel it the same way. 
You know, mm-hmm. if you're just doing it via voice and I'm in my room pacing back and forth, you don't you don't feel it the same way. <laughs> you keep getting really quiet and then getting loud and then getting quiet again. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> you need to adjust your microphone or something? Or? Exactly. Yeah. Definitely adds more weight to it, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of now- strange. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, after you. <laughs> so it's also kind of strange, but I miss the middle of the sessions, which I guess you could take as like when we all go on break, but not quite the same thing. But uh, where everyone around the table, you know, you've been gaming for three, four hours, and you're just like, hey, you hungry? Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> and you all sit there, and you're like, okay, here, I'm going to throw in $5. Oh, I got $5. And people are throwing in whatever they can. Or, you know, some people couldn't throw in money. That's okay. You still got to share whatever we ordered. But you get pizza, Chinese food. You get something, you know. And then you're all sitting around the table eating, discussing what just happened. Mm-hmm. And that's actually strangely one aspect I really miss. Yeah, it's, and it's, it is different from a break midstream, right? Because a break yeah. midstream is we're going to take five minutes. Everyone leaves their computer to go yeah. and gets a drink or peas or whatever and comes back, comes back on and then you'll go again. Um, you don't get the same break intention, the same like, oh my God, everyone, yeah. are you? <laughs> um, so I've never done that, but I... I played a lot of warhammer when i was younger and there's a similar thing when you again you plan a day of playing something with people in that same room and you don't have to worry about your internet dropping or anything so it's like (laughs) it's a solid like eight nine hours of playing yeah it's like the dm is like like, mid talking about it then he's like (laughs) which no one can see but carrie's motionless holding a finger in the air yeah because (laughs) this is an audio podcast not a video podcast (laughs) sometimes we forget that yeah yeah but yeah you get the picture you know like all of a sudden the DM literally no one got the picture because no one could see it (laughs) not a single fucking person got the mental picture did they though i don't know let us know (laughs) no you know like exactly like you're not all of a sudden like your connection drops and they just sit in there like completely stoic and you're just like uh just writing notes and throwing them at people as well (laughs) (laughs) you know like oh by the way (laughs) <laughs> like, you just reminded me that was i guess you can still do this with private messaging um i just true a lot but, but you uh, hear the typing it's yes yeah exactly but i used to love that like i would like yeah my rogue would like write a note and i'd pass it under the table to somebody and we'd start this scheme that nobody had an idea about and it was right. just a lot of fun to kind of as a player surprise the other players and the dm as well Mm-hmm. that's cool yeah, there are definitely pros and cons to both. And I think like all three of us are very big proponents of online D&D, online tabletop in general. Like the three of us make use of it every week of our lives. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's a substitute for sitting around a table in quite the same way. It's not a bad thing. I just think it is the like the primo experience, should we say, the deluxe, yeah. like the... <laughs> season pass experience yeah i mean online dnd has done a lot of great things for the game and one of those things is you you have a bigger opportunity to find the right people to play with yes Yes. and that's kind of the biggest draw for me you know like in person it's like okay well i know this person but how many people do i really know that are super interested in it how many people whose personalities am i going to clash with you know uh things like that whereas online i you get to pick and fucking choose it's like you're a fucking awesome person you're an awesome person you're an awesome person we all get along really well let's play some D, and that's yeah. that's that 
you also have more of an opportunity to mesh schedules and, and things of that nature yeah. as well because, exactly. again, a wider player base. So there's definitely, like you said, there's pros and cons to each. Uh, you know, so I just wanted to give a shout out to some of the pros for online gaming because those are those are huge, you know, because, yeah, you can have that energy in the room, but if it's an energy with a bunch of people who are going to be fuckwads, yeah. I'll take the online experience. Yeah. That's the primo one for me then in that case. To, uh, to quote... Uh, to take a line from Matthew Colville, one of his favorite terms for those players, wang rods. Uh, yes. If you end up playing with a bunch of wang rods, then... Because <laughs> it is that thing. Because people have different fun. Um, that's fine. But to, to not have any other option is not fine. Right? So, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it is. I mean, I know, for example, I've got all of my books. And then I've had I've bought some of those books on... Or pretty much all the books I own physically, I also own on Fantasy Grounds. And then if I want to use D&D Beyond because that, or because that's what the DM's doing or because they're on roll 20 and I need to, like that becomes a bit much as well. But at the same time, how great is it that you get to choose your platform? You're yeah. not restricted yeah. to going, you know, buying a book. So, Yeah. Another big pro to doing it online is when you're doing it in person, you always have that one person in the group. It's like, yeah, I'm on my way. And then like an hour goes by and you're like, yeah, like, did you die on the way? Like, and then, no, no, I'm on my way. I'll be there in a minute. Like another hour goes by and you're like, holy shit. Whereas for the most part, when you do it online, if somebody's going to be late or, you know, they just can't make it, you usually know in advance and then you can just kind of work around that. True. There's never someone just popping in the stream about like halfway through been like, okay, I'm here. <laughs> There's no worrying about venue. <laughs> Yeah, like, can yeah. I fit eight people in this room? I don't think so, but oh god, yeah, finding like... seats for everybody. There's like stools coming out and folding <laughs> chairs, and it's like that end of the day smell of like oh. seven people being locked in a room with each other all day, and it's like we couldn't tell when we were in the room, but someone's definitely been farting, and now <laughs> yeah. I've left the room yeah. and come back in. <laughs> that which one scary. of the fuckers was it? <laughs> yeah, it was me. Yeah. It was the cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It yeah. was the cat earlier. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, he's got some good ones. But also, yeah, like uh, after that, like there's no big mess for whoever has to host it at their place. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's cups everywhere. There's all the D and D material. There's probably some dice on the ground that people have dropped. <laughs> yeah, those D fours you've got to avoid. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, like at least some of us, you know, for the most part, would stay behind and help clean and stuff yeah. like that. But usually at that point in the night, everybody's just eager to go home. <laughs> And get some sleep because you've been doing this for like eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what I've been doing for eight hours at a time? What? I don't. Even, I don't think I want to know. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I have been terribly addicted to a game called Seven Days to Die, mm-hmm. and I will sit there all day and play this fucking game. Uh, it's one of those like survival games, uh, much like Ark or Rust, uh, the original Daisy, you know, things like of that nature. And there's just something about it that I really like. And I know, uh, obviously, I, I play Seven Days to Die with Carrie. Maybe that's not obvious. I don't know. It's obvious to me because <laughs> I do it. But uh, and I know, uh, Martin, you play Ark, I think it was. Yeah. So I have played Ark. I've played Rust. I've played Daisy yeah. and stuff way back when. Yeah. Yeah. So we're all familiar with the genre. And, you know, we all play these games and, you know, even Minecraft to an extent. Uh, you know, with the little creepers or whatever the fuck they're called that <laughs> yeah. come and try to wreck your shit. Yeah. Um, they all have these aspects of danger and building and crafting 
And why the fuck are they so good? That's the question. Why the fuck are they so good? Because they are. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I personally think it's the little feedback, little positive reinforcement feedback stuff that happens. Like, the, you know, a lot of games have like the go save the kingdom and then you spend eight hours saving the kingdom. And even the quests, you know, you have small fetch quests, but they just become tedious. I think the thing with survival games is you start off with nothing and you slowly build it up and you're like, oh my God, this basic pickaxe is so much better than punching with my fists. And then it's like, and now I've got a metal pickaxe. This is amazing. And then it's, you know, <laughs> now I'm riding a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh my God. Like, you know, some of them have different curves, obviously. <laughs> yeah. um, and then if you lose it all, like that is so gut-wrenching when something goes wrong and everything you've worked and it's weird but that's for some reason that's more impetus to play yeah to make sure that that can't happen and you know yeah because god does it suck when you lose everything but (laughs) we know then you build it stronger we have the technology do we though because we kind of have to invent the technology in these fucking games (laughs) this is true very true See, so yeah, it's funny because like we play on a server and it's just it's me, Carrie, Riley and Derek. Uh, Riley and Derek are both in Taldoria and Udon, for those of you who watch. Um, <clears throat> but I just I have this this feeling, you know, because I have friendly fire turned on because <laughs> it's funnier that way. Absolutely. But what's yeah. not going to be funny is one day we're all going to get in an argument and we're going to go straight up Lord of the fucking flies on each other. Yes. Like right now, we're all cooperating. We're building this strip club into a fucking base because you know that's the thing you do. <laughs> of course, we have entertainment and we have security. It's great. Um, but I just I know with all of our personalities, there's gonna be a come a time. And to be honest, it's probably gonna be me or Riley. To be <laughs> honest, <laughs> that's that. gonna split off from the group and become just a fucking harasser. Yeah, yeah. Like I accidentally did end up shooting Riley. With a bow and arrow. To be fair, she did the same thing to me a little bit later on. But uh, that doesn't feel accidental. <laughs> no, it was absolutely because like you, you're shooting the zombies, and then if you're in front of the person, you don't realize as you're sidestepping that you're mm-hmm. getting in their way. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like I didn't realize I hit Riley until uh, her character kind of stepped in front of me to jump up and do something, and I saw my arrow sticking out of her stomach. <laughs> <laughs> it's just there, and I'm just like, oh, I did shoot you. I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just try and take it out for yeah. you. Oh, I tried. You cannot oh. grab, apparently, the arrow. You can grab it from dead bodies, which is pretty cool. But nice. no, not, not from each other. And then a little bit later, she... she killed the other one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little bit later, she says, she's like, oh, shit, I did shoot you, too. And I look down, and all I see is the spearhead, you know, or <laughs> arrowhead sticking out of me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that is there. Uh, okay. Oh, good. Yeah, so for now it's accidental. We'll see what the future brings. Mm-hmm. I did aim my shotgun at B because he had a really cool Santa hat I wanted. <laughs> and I aimed my shotgun right back. Yeah, we're just standing there with a standoff who shoots first and who will survive. And this is how it's going to go. Like, one day I'm going to get fed up with all of their shit. And <laughs> I'm going to just grab essential shit and go off into the wasteland on my own and survive. Mm-hmm. And what I'm then going to do with my four times scope on a hunting rifle is just start picking them off. Uh-huh. First of all, just like shooting at the ground near them just to spook them for a bit and then <laughs> start actually getting the flesh shots. Yeah. 
no, you, you can't do that with this group because no. they will they will come for you. You don't no. miss. You don't you don't take a warning shot with these people. You aim for the fucking head. That's all you can do. See, you would be doing that. You would be standing at top and you'd be aiming your rifle at us or sniper rifle, whatever you might have at the time. And you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to get them. And then a vulture is going to come down and fucking pick you off. <laughs> I've gotten really good at vulture killing. I'll have you know. <laughs> well, you had a lot of practice. I'm picking those motherfuckers off from like 100 yards with an SMG now. So <laughs> I want an SMG. Uh, yeah, well, you know, we all want things in life. You got a Santa this hat now, though. I do. This is why I'm terrible with these kind of games, though, because like I always do this thing where I play with a group and then I'm like, okay, now I've got like an extra couple of hours to kill. I'm going to go and build my own base over here in case this shit goes tits up. (laughs) And then I still have my own things and I'm safe. We kind of did that in the console version. Yeah. We like found this lake and we're just like, yeah, water base would be fucking cool. (laughs) And then we just kind of like drifted off. They're all attached to each other, but we each kind of had our own base in the making. Until the game crashed so much that we're just like, fuck this. I made myself the king of the castle. I built, because I went out on my own, dove into the water, and started building this base up. I built the platform, the main platform. (laughs) I built the main base where, like, the community area is. So I built my fucking house on top of that. And I was like, yes, you all can build whatever the fuck you want on your platforms. I'll attach them for you because I'm a benevolent god. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Riley's face. Yes, so, as you know, Martin, because I'm sure Ark's the same way, when you're building something, you have to build support beams and structures. Yes. 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 Yeah. Riley thought she built enough support beams and structures <laughs> in her lake base. Oof. She did not. No. So she's building this fucking house on top of this platform in the middle of the, the lake. And Carrie got the best uh, <laughs> clip of this. But all of a sudden, the whole thing comes down. <laughs> around her i'm underwater and i'm like building my supports down to the bottom of the uh, water and all of a sudden i just hear riley curse so i look towards her base just in time to see everything crumbling down into the water and i'm just like oh no and it just keeps going until pretty much just a few blocks are left of it i think that was like end session for that night yeah that's where we called it yeah (laughs) I really wish we caught the audio for that because that clip would have made it even better just to hear Riley's reaction while it was happening. I felt so bad for her. But so I also le- found it hilarious. Let me ask this because I'm not, I mean, I'm familiar with Ark. I, I, I know the concept of it. I know about the dinosaurs, the taming and shit like that. But yeah, what would you say has been like your favorite moment in Ark? Um, oh, that's a really difficult one, actually. Like, so most of my experience with Ark is. I used to play a bit on public servers, and then after a while, it became a really cool chill-out game for me. So I had my own server that a few people played on, um, and we had slightly faster taming rates and stuff, because that's a game where you need a tribe of, like, 30 people to, like, be constantly online taming some of the bigger things. So, really, like, I mean, I remember the first time we, for example, got, like, a Brontosaurus. Like, that's a huge thing, and they're always stamping around, and then all of a sudden you're like, Okay, we finally taken one down, and we've got one. And then after a while, you're like, "Yeah, but they're kind of slow. They don't, you know, not that good, <laughs> you know." And it's like, "Oh," and so then it's like, now we have a T Rex, and that's awesome. Like, oh my god, the like the danger of getting that and um, having to like work together and coordinate. I think that's probably it. The times that the coordination paid off because 
you need it in that game. Like you need to be working with people and you need to utilize specific dinosaurs in certain ways or you know, you've got to get like flying um there's a bird called an Argentavis, which is like basically a huge eagle thing. And at some point you can pick people up. So you'd pick someone up and they'd have the rifle with Trent guns. And so you'd fly around while they were picking things off. Oh my God. Yeah, it's so cool. just like stuff like that, you know? And when you come back and you see a base that you built and it's just like peak and just working very well, it's just, again, the heartbreak, you know, there are times that things go wrong. I've accidentally aggroed a Bronto before too close <laughs> to the home and it has come and destroyed everything. <laughs> And so you stop playing. <laughs> that time you go, I can't deal with this right now. I will come back to this another time. And you start with renewed vigor. Um, but yeah, it's, um, you know, I tried Rust a few times, never got into that. Daisy, I played a lot of the early stages of Daisy. And that's not quite the same because there's no real like building aspects. But um, it's just something, I think just going a successful like session without catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of catastrophe, in these games, do not give Brian dynamite. Oh, please give me dynamite. <laughs> no, he enjoys... He laid 60 pieces of dynamite down to make a crater into the ground while I was above it. Nice. To be nice. fair, I thought I was deep enough <laughs> that setting off... First of all, it was 20 sticks of dynamite at that point. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. 60 was later. Yeah, and nothing bad happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Except so, when I was repairing the ground above you. So I didn't realize that... I. So I thought I was deep enough. I set 20 sticks of dynamite. Uh, I had asked Carrie to repair the dirt above the cavern because it had fallen through and I could see the sky and that wasn't good because that means zombies can just tumble in at you. Right. So I placed 20 sticks of dynamite and I threw a pipe bomb at them and exploded them. Apparently I was not deep enough. And nope. even more of the ceiling came down with Carrie riding the fucking dirt all the way down and yep. breaking her leg. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had yeah. just finished the ground. I had literally like one block left to finish. And that was a precarious thing to like place the dirt thick enough without falling down and i was like holding my breath the whole time and then i had one left to go and i'm like yes so i got this and then all of a sudden i hear that dynamite sound like like oh no <laughs> and then hey cal just broke loose beneath my feet There's, there is that heart drop moment isn't there when something bad's gonna happen you're like well it's that it's yeah. that thing in cartoons when they walk off the cliff and yeah. they just look at the camera and tread on air and you're like you just uh, hold up that sign. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the the oh, first wow. time we played this on PC, and Carrie found a dog kennel, and oh. the dogs in Seven Days to Die are the fucking worst. They're really really fast. Oh. They're really hard to hit, and they only take a, a couple of hits to kill. But getting right. those couple of hits before they eat you is not easy. <laughs> yeah. So, she's in this place, and I'm gonna go help her loot this place. And all of a sudden, I hear dogs, dogs, run, run, run! Oh my god, there's so many. Oh shit! I see her run, so I I see all these dogs coming, and I turn yeah. and run, and we break <laughs> off in different directions. And the next thing I hear is, "No, they fucking killed me!" And I look behind me because you can't outrun them; they're faster than you. And I'm expecting right, any okay. moment 
to be mauled by like six dogs. All six of them went to her body to eat her. So this calls back to when he said he was going to throw me into a horde of zombies so he could get away. <laughs> well, it happened. I mean, not necessarily. You created the horde of zombies and they happened to chase after you. I did not. To be fair, I did not know that was a dog kennel until afterwards. There is like a big sign on the other side of the building saying like something dog kennel. And I'm like, oh, stay away. That makes sense. <laughs> that's amazing. But when you find the context afterwards. But I think that's kind of the thing about these survival games, you know, is is I, th I think it's like it's not necessarily the playing by yourself. That's fun. It's like kind of yeah. like you said, the coordination and working together and like the moments that you share both great and triumphant. Like, yes, I finally found a pistol to yeah. oh, no, the entire base is falling and I'm on top of it and we're all going <laughs> to yeah. die. It's the sharing yeah. of those moments with other people that you have fun with. I think that's what really makes these games. Yeah. Definitely. Because, I mean, on your own. So, so my, my one of my biggest heart drop moments in any game has been Minecraft, which isn't quite the same thing. But um, if I hadn't had another person there with me at the time, I think I probably could have just cried. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, we'd spend hours building. And, um, you know, I, I don't really play vanilla. I play a lot of modded stuff. So it's a lot more than just the base game. It's um, And so our buildings get pretty crazy. And there are certain things like certain mods that give you abilities like there's a, there's a thing way back when called vein miner and you'd hold a button when you were digging something and it would mine out the rest of the blocks linked to it of the same type and take the durability off your tool so it basically becomes a time saver you know you know you can do that but rather than spend four hours doing that it just i mean it doesn't do infinite but anyway i um it was bound to the shift key and in minecraft you hold the shift key when you don't want to walk off the edge of something it's like it crouches you and it stops you from being able to walk off so it's great tool for building i forgot that was also the same tool for vein miner oh and no building that we've been building out of marble i removed a single block and proceeded to undo an entire like afternoon's worth of building oh, no. um and just <laughs> went silent and this other person was building and they were like on it at the same time so they ended up falling to the floor and neither of us died but you just had to laugh like and i was just like i guess we'll build this next time i need to do something else <laughs> i cannot do this right now and those um, are the times where you really wish there was like a control z or something oh 100 just like i would if if I, my brain was engaged, I would never have done it, you know, but you sometimes get into a flow with these games as well, yeah. where you're like, I don't know if the crafting's the same, but it's like, you want to make a thing, and you have to make lots of little things to make the big thing. Yep. So you sort of go into autopilot, you're like, right, let's gather all the materials, let's do this, 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 and so you sort of like process it. And sometimes you do something dumb, and you make way more of something that you meant to. And then you use up all the materials you needed to make other things. And you're like, why am I like this? I hate myself. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the reasons why I love Seven Days to Die. is because I already love creating things in Sims 4. Well, in mm. all the Sims games, yeah. And, it, you know, it's really cool to build the houses and kind of interact with it. You're kind of still, like, in God mode where you're looking down at them and controlling them. Yeah. But with Seven Days to Die, the cool aspect, and it's something that me and my brother have actually always talked about with Sims 4, is it'd be cool if you could actually go first person into it, which is Seven Days allows you to do. You know, you can actually right. 
go up the stairs. You can interact room to room. And then you add in zombies. You add in a challenge other than, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. Flick. Oh, I got to eat. Flick. <laughs> yeah. No, like this is, okay, I got to go hunt for food. I got to go, you know, create a garden so we don't ever run out of food. It's not, you know, it, it adds more of a challenge while also touching into your creative side. And that's something I yeah. really love about this game. Yeah, you're not building just to build. You're building for a reason. Like, yes, we need to survive. What do we need to build to survive? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so at first, oh, yeah, your God. first base is never that pretty. It's kind of just patched together and quick defenses thrown down. But after that point where you kind of start getting situated, then you're like, ooh, I want to build this. Anyway, That's actually probably up there with satisfying things right the, f- the first time you realize that your roughshod defenses have actually worked and now you can make something better you're like oh my god actually now we have space to breathe what the heck yes. like, so here's the thing about seven days to die with that though you won't you know, know <laughs> until day seven yeah because oh, right. day seven oh, is, really? is is horde night which we affectionately call red night mm-hmm. and that's when they throw just every fucking zombie in the game at you okay. so up to that point, you know, you'll face like mini hordes like every so often and you'd be like, hey, we held up pretty good. Then Red Knight comes and mm. fuck everything that you thought. You yeah. thought you were safe? No, you're not safe. Oh, no. I just realized Riley has a terrible idea for our base. What? <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah, she wants us on the roof out in the open, but the That's vultures. That's not going to be good. Yeah. Nope. So maybe... this is the shit i'm talking about where you like you have these realizations where you're like oh we have a really good plan to survive this oh wait we didn't consider this and out of game as well right like you'll be at work and you'll go like no that will never work and then they're like what are you talking about you're like oh sorry (laughs) the plan is flawed exactly in that way right but (laughs) oh man well this was fun I could talk about survival games all day. What was that, Martin? I just say I'm glad we all survived it. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today at the Nerdy Point of View podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Captain Sugar Bear. That's at CPT Sugar Bear. You can also find me DMing Curse of Strahd on Soul Bear RPG's Twitch channel at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time every other Monday. And every Wednesday, DMing Taldoria A New Dawn on the same channel speaking of seven days to die you can also find me carrie derek and riley streaming our exploits on seven days to die where we scream a lot and we die a lot (laughs) usually on saturdays at 7 p.m pacific standard time uh probably not every saturday but you know we try we have fun whatever where are you on the internet and what are you working on carrie i am on twitter at shrieky s-h-r-i-e-k-e-e and Instagram uh, at carelessly, K-E-R-L-E-S-S-L-E-E. As he mentioned, every other Monday we do the comedy of Strahd, where I play Talia, my masochistic human fighter. And on Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, you can catch me on Threads of Fate, playing Malkacha, my drow rogue assassin. And as he said also, Saturdays, we sit there and scream like little bitches as we try and survive the zombie apocalypse. So... You know, if you're into any of those things, check us out. All right. Martin, where are you on the internet and what are you working on? 
Uh, pretty much anywhere I am online is under Griffolion, which is G-R-Y-F-F-O-L-E-O-N. Um, so that's Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch, I believe, should have some stuff coming up. Um, potentially joining Seven Days to Die at some point. It feels like that could be um, a good thing to hop in on if I can survive the 2 a.m. Uh, stream times. But yeah, pretty much just on those three, keeping an eye out stuff. There's also hopefully some more design things coming out from me soon. So keep an eye on Twitter about that. Sounds good. Don't forget, you can also find the show on Twitter at NerdyPOV and check out all of our new episodes at NerdyPointOfView.com. Make sure to also check out our Facebook page and join our growing Facebook community as well. We even have a Discord channel if you're into that sort of thing. Reach out to the podcast on Twitter. We'll make sure you get a link. Also, check out our Instagram, which is pretty lit, as the kids say. Of course, if you liked what you heard today, it helps us out big time. If you could leave us five stars and a review on iTunes, we could use all the help we can get. Uh, at this point, I am on my knees begging to please leave <laughs> us these reviews. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's how you get reviews, people. The review will read, that was an awful poem at the end of the show. Burn <laughs> it with fire. <laughs> but with that... But at least they listened to the entire thing. So That's fair. Unless they fast forward into yeah. the end because they wanted to hear about all the cool shit that we work on. Absolutely. Uh, with that, do you guys have anything else to add? Uh, I think I'm good. Yeah, keep dynamite away from bear. That's, that's all mm. I gotta say. That could be good. Actually, throwing dynamite at the zombie bears is probably a good idea. Blow them to hell. Because there are zombie bears, Martin. There are zombie bears in this fucking game. Amazing. I they will attack I you. Already sold enough. They will be hiding in an upstairs bedroom in a fucking house. <laughs> we found that out last night. Amazing. What the hell? <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> All right. Well, then with that, we are out. I miss Maddie not doing this with me. It's lonely at the top. It's all you.